Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests, correspondence, and inquiries to the WIBR Warren Radio Network on our contact page on warren-usa.com. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, find us by hashtag Watchman. Instagram, use hashtag Warren Radio. Join us on USA.life and MeWe with hashtag Warren Radio. You can join us on Parlor with at Watchman DGS and Cloud Hub with at Warren Radio. You can listen to our shows on Warren-USA or Dana Glenn Smith. And you can um, also listen to the WI the WIBR Warren Radio Network on the following carriers: Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Please take time to read the pertinent articles by The Watchman. The featured articles on Dana Glenn Smith are America Truth Violated. Taken from Psalm 9, we find cities destroyed, those who have plotted against the nations and the judgment of Almighty God. There is hope, for the Lord stands to be a refuge in the times of trouble. Also, thy many gods, O America. The mortar is gone, the firmament is of brass, and to a people blessed. The inn rides a black horse with death alongside. Woe to the people whose knowledge has risen and choices have been made in air. And by going to Warren-USA, you can read the following articles by the Watchman, Faith Forward God's grace amidst peril. It is faith forward as we move about living life. In this we, we look for God's redeeming grace, while life and living may mean different things to different people. Also, Christian nonconformity in the world. The, the phrase sounds opposite of what Christians are called to do. This is the beginning and ending of all things in Christ Jesus. So you can read more of on those articles by going to DanaGlennSmith.com and Warren-USA.com. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at 
warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. We're just starting to get cold weather today. We got it for, I don't know, what, four days? Yeah, coming up for four days. But it's is... going east. And it's unbelievable. Today's the twelfth, the tenth day of December, and the weather has just been amazing this year. It Thank has. the Lord. Well, see, when it goes east, that's where all the sinners are. You know, <laughs> when you get on the other side of the Mississippi. I'm sure there's a few good people out there <laughs> that would have issues with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. Well, except for, you know, D.C., well, and, and all the all the capitals where all the politicians are. Yeah, that's it's bizarre this year. I mean, the wicked the level of wickedness that it's come to is just astounding. It's hard to believe that people are so wicked in this day and age. How they can be that way? Well, they are, you know, and there's more and more of these dipwits coming out threatening people, too, you know. Yeah. And, and it started with a few people, and now you got politicians like that knucklehead the other day. Oh, by the way, did you know they found a new planet? Well, let's pack up the... Pack some people up and send them off to there. Well, the thing of it is, the people that discovered it did name it politician. <laughs> That's funny. Where'd they find it at? I don't know. I'm making it up. Mm. Shame on you. You know I'm gullible. <laughs> you have well, you know, I think, I think it's a good idea. You know, there's a third moon on the other side of the galaxy. It's green. It's made of uh, spoiled cheese. We're going to send them all over there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yep, we're going to do this. Either that or we'll just, uh, you know, if they were in, uh, well, Isaiah, he didn't call fire down. But, uh, you know, there is a few prophets that, uh, like Elijah, yeah, Samuel, you went after them, you'd better watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, they were scary well elijah was really the you know the tough one yeah he wasn't going to put up with anything against god no which is good we shouldn't well at any rate okay tonight we are doing part 73 repent return and re and rest are the choices to which judah faces it is true at the time of the event in which we are covering Hezekiah was king. Yet for political and practical reasons, leaders in Israel wanted to make a, con a con covenant or treaty with Egypt. Okay, and now back to you. Yes. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Well, we indeed are in part 73 and uh, 
we had a number of uh, New Testament scriptures we were looking at. Because uh, in Isaiah 30 and verse 13, where we left off, we were talking about the breach or a break. And it, it, it's like a dam that has a leak in it that's not good or a fracture. You know, and and that fracture was sin. It was trusting in the arm of the flesh. And, and that's the reality when you've made a covenant with Yahweh God and suddenly you decide to go trust Egypt, who has a bad history. I mean, if you go all the way back to Pharaoh, God had to deliver him out of Egypt. And uh, so the famous last words of Pharaoh, who is the Lord that I should let Israel go? He found that out. And of course, when we get into the New Testament, we find out Matthew 7 tells us to build our house upon the rock. That rock is the Lord. And uh, Luke 6 says, why do you call me Lord and do not what I say? John 15 talks about abiding in the Lord and keeping his commandments. And then you get up to 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 6, you talk about sudden destruction that comes. And so all these things are, are related because we're in the new covenant now. And you might think you've arrived and there's no problem. You can do anything you want. And most of the West, they really feel that way. Uh, and we know that by the sins that they think is all right. And Lord Almighty, you, you can't just go out here and tell them what they're doing wrong because most of them are convinced that everything is fine. And that's going to be the real issue on the Day of Judgment. But we're still following Isaiah and still looking through that. And we are in, been in judgment uh, for you know pretty much 30 chapters. But in the midst of it, there's been um, numerous prophecies. And as we go forward, we're going to find more and more prophecies concerning that which is to come. Uh, and as well as the millennium, there's a lot of exciting stuff ahead. And verse 14, that's the next verse, and he shall break, crush, or destroy. Uh, it is it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces, he shall not spare, which is, you know, have pity, you know, spare me, Lord. And that's because of judgment. So that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a, a shard to take fire from the hearth. Uh, <laughs> it's like having a burning fireplace and uh, you put something in it, it's hard to get it out when it's on fire. Now I've had some pretty dandy little fires going in my time. And uh, never had a fireplace. My grandfather did. He had a ranch, a uh, cattle ranch in California. And he had semi-precious stone on, on this fireplace. And he had some nice, nice fires going. But when we talk about the fire of the Lord and, and the judgment that is coming, it's, it's not one you're going to comfy up with and take along some hot dogs and marshmallows. You know, Albert Brooks says of this, the image here is all drawn from the bursting forth or the complete ru ruin of the swelling wall. 
and and that's just like if you look at a at a dam that is bursting um and this particular image shows that the Jewish Republic, which here is Judah, would be entirely broken and scattered and demolished. That is, if they trusted in Egypt. And the very act of doing that, but see, we know that eventually Hezekiah worn out, uh, won out, the, and uh, the prophet came and told them that... Uh, you know, Sennacherib wouldn't work. And, and of course, you know, Sennacherib came and he he came to Judah, the gates of Jerusalem, because uh, he figured that uh, since there was no other kingdom that could beat them, he might as well take Jerusalem while he's at it. It was a prize. And, uh, well, he lost his army there. I think it's 150 some odd thousand that got killed. And then Sennacherib was murdered in the house of his God by his own sons because he had gotten away. So it's not exactly, you know, I mean, if you're, uh, uh, you know, the Assyrian king. And, of course, Sennacherib was on, on the downturn. There was, I think, three Assyrian kings that were there towards the last of Assyria before they lost their power. And Sennacherib was one of those that, that had gotten murdered and... Uh, and of course, the whole thing went into other hands, but uh, I mean th that'll put the kibosh on your uh, re-election uh, when you take an army out and 150,000 get slaughtered, not one of them survive, and you come back with a couple of aides. No wonder they did something to them, you know, because you're you're going to go to you know you want all these battles, but it doesn't matter if if you get there. And see, this is just the way the Lord works. For those who are wicked, they, they get all going, and they've had successes, so they think, you know, we can just do what we want. And so they keep going, and they wind up totally destroyed. And you mark this down. And that applies even for the wicked here in America, too. Because there's going to come a day, you know, judgment is coming to this country in fullness one day. I pray for the mercy of the Lord in the midst of judgment that gives us more time. But make no mistake, in order to have judgment, you've got to have wicked. And we've got more than our share of people who are wicked, turned from the Lord, who are proudful, who display their sins, who plot. And we have a lot of good people, too. Make no mistake. Um, I, I noticed today uh, that... Uh, Rush Limbaugh was talking about the fact that we're probably, that it looks like we're headed towards secession or division, another civil war, end up with two different Americas. You know, one that wants to be globalist and allow everybody in, and the other one that, that wants to be great and maintain our constitutional republic. You have like, uh, you know, uh, light years apart. And uh, it, it's, it's just like a marriage with uh, two people that just absolutely can't get along, so they get a divorce. So at any rate, uh, Isaiah 30 and verse 14. So we find that break, the breaking of the potter's vessel. And this leads me to Psalm 2. This is one of the most infamous uh, 
portions of scripture and you notice it's the second psalm. The first psalm talks about the righteous man. The second psalm talks about how the nations imagine a vain thing. And the thing I like about this, and if you get towards 9 through 12, it says, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. He's talking about those who rebel against the Lord. And verse 10, he says, Be wise now, therefore, you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Now he's talking to those in charge. Just like the Lord is, is talking through his prophets, through his people, through those who warn, like what we do, and others. And he's speaking to the nations of men right now. And uh, there, God is using a lot of voices here now. He's not just using Warren Radio. We've been around for two decades. And, uh, but at any rate, you know, God uses a lot of voices here. He can use your testimony. He can use anybody's testimony. But one of these days, you know, this is the wisdom here. Verse 11 you know, verse 10, be wise now, therefore, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. You notice who he's talking to, the leaders and the judicial system. And I've said this before, and that is in nations, especially with Israel, both houses, and just about any nation that you can name today, you, you can lead, you know, when you look at the problems within a nation, both moral and immoral and other things that are occurring you can get right down to the people in charge at the very top venezuela was a good little nation and it was not socialist until the rigged elections by the way the rigged elections that uh, uh, the venezuelan dictator this is before maduro uh, and he brought in the dominion machines the very dominion machines that uh uh, we're having trouble with here. Yeah, he used him down in Venezuela to make sure he would get elected Chavez. So you you can find that right now. You know, you want to know what's the matter with the persecution of Christians in China? The leaders, which are communists. What's the matter with uh, persecution and all the problems in North Korea? Emperor worship. Kim Jong-un is the god over there. So you can find it. And in all of these pompous leaders who rest on the arm of the flesh and rest on the armies that they feed, like in North Korea, you know, when, when there was, it was been a number of years ago, they had a lot of, uh, a lot of drought, a lot of problems feeding their people. But Kim Jong-un and even his dad before when they had trouble, all the food and, and the special benefits would go to the armies and to the special supporters of, of them. Meanwhile, the, the normal everyday Joe out in the farming country didn't have much of anything. And so you can take this and you can apply this today. Now, verse 11 says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry. And you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Now, that's, that's the way to heal that breach in the wall. That's how to stop 
that massive judgment that's coming when you repent and you begin to serve the Lord with Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Now see today we should have a healthy respect of the Lord and we should understand this is the same God. Yet he has given us grace because of his son who died on the cross for us. Now in Jeremiah, you know Jeremiah warned Judah. Now see where we're at today with Sennacherib and in Judah today and Isaiah is looking forward and God is using this as a warning to them. And this time when the enemy comes, they will be spared. Next time when the enemy comes will be Babylon in a major way and Jeremiah will have warned them for a long time and they won't listen. And verse 10 of that in chapter 19, Then thou shalt break the bottle in the sight of men that go with thee. It's an illustration, but the thing we want is verse 11. And thou shalt say unto them, saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people, this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there be no place to bury. Tophet is, is one of those places, uh, the Valley of Hinnom, it's... Uh, an unclean place. Uh, represents the same thing when we talk about uh, it's where judgment was. <laughs> it's, it isn't, uh, you know, when you're told stuff like that, you want to remember it. And hopefully you're not like that. And of course, Tophet, you can get over there. You get in the Valley of Hinnom. We think of Armageddon, the Valley of Blood. And uh, it was influenced, uh, the worshipers were of course, getting got into the Canaanite religion and child sacrifice. Uh, so, in other words, a lot of uncleanness go there. So, when when he says, and he brings up a place like this, you don't even want to go there, because this means death and judgment. And uh, that's that's the issue here. And of course. We're, we're talking about this judgment. And so we ended in verse 14 of this, where the wall is being breached. This, this all represents the imminent judgment. And of course, when, when the prophet speaks, it's not meant to be, you know, sweetener on sour. You know, so you can stand it. It's it's not meant to soothe your ears. It's meant to say, hey, wake up. Because the judgment is at hand. Now you see, what would you do if you knew the Lord was going to come in one hour? 
If you knew he was going to come in five minutes, what would you do? Would you call your kids? You better believe you'd call your kids. You'd call your loved ones, but you can't spend the whole five minutes calling everybody. You've got to call those that you can reach. After that, you can't warn people anymore. And you've got to say, the Lord's coming in four and a half minutes. I took 30 seconds to call you. Now, goodbye. You need to repent and get right. So we have these things. And Jude, of course, has been warned. And thank God, because they do end up getting out of it. But they still plow down the path. And, and of course, this, this takes a while before we get to the point of, of Babylon. So in verses 15 through 17 of these verses that we're going to do now, emphasizes returning to me. In other words, God is saying this thing is about ready to break. And you've considered going to Egypt and forsaking me because we have a covenant. You don't go to the arm of the flesh if you need help. You come to me. We have a covenant. And because you've done that, that relationship, that breach, that promise, that covenant is about ready to break because you've fallen away. I can only cover you so much. Once you get out of that and you begin to trust in the arm of the flesh, I can no longer help you. It's just like if you're a Christian, yes, we can ask God to forgive us. But if you commit adultery once... And then again, and you keep asking God to forgive you, and you just keep doing it, you're not a Christian, you're an adulterer. And adulterers, God will judge. So make no mistake, there is a separation, even for Christians today. However, you are under grace. And the grace has a lot of <laughs> mercy with it, because God knows what we're like. But God is not mocked. The apostles warned us. For whatsoever a man sows, or woman, or anybody else, whatever they sow, so shall they reap. There's warning in there. So in verse 15, this is in this repentance portion where God is still dealing with them. You know, it would be nice if you could just, you know, you're trying to deal with people, so you take them over, you know, uh, this this time of year, you take them over a prime rib dinner and all the fixings and a nice fancy New York uh, deli cheesecake to try to convince them of something. Well, God has been good to America. He's been good to uh, many nations. Yet they blaspheme, blaspheme his name. And so when we get in the midst of this, we understand that there is that point that you're not going to be able to do anything. 
There's no escape. But see in verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. Now see, you have to return before you can rest. You have to return and then you rest. Shall you be saved? What are you doing? You're resting in the Lord. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. See, God urged them to come unto him. And they would not. In returning and rest shall you be saved. That means to free or succor. And that's what we talk about uh, Christ. He comes alongside to help. Succor. S-U-C-C-O-R. Sucker or sucker. I don't like the word sucker, but it's it, it's a funny pronunciation. Uh, in quietness shall your strength, state of mind, for they are reunited with the Lord. Now that's like today. Many years ago when I gave my heart to the Lord. The Lord came alongside me to help me out of my predicament. And when I returned to him in fullness and trusted in him, I was filled with quietness from my mind, my heart, and my soul, and I was freed. Now see, this is what God is talking to Jude about through the prophet. That's why the prophet was urging them to come back, to return to the Lord. Don't do the things. And, of course, they had the political. I mean, if you look at Israel today and ever pay attention to uh, their Knesset over there, their, their Congress, you know, where all their, uh, ours would be senators and representatives meet, uh, it's been quite a few years ago, but they had they had it on camera, and there was practically a riot in there between the two parties because they were fighting in there over something. And so, the politics of the day. Let's go find Egypt and get some help from them. And as we discussed before, that wouldn't do any good because Egypt is not going to be able to deliver herself, let alone help Israel. And so these these are the, um, you know, the whole thing that's going on. And so we're getting a picture of this. So if they would have returned, you would have found rest. You would have been rescued. You would have been able to find quietness. And in that quietness and calm state, because of God giving you that confidence, because you know that you're right with him, they don't have to worry about their enemies because their enemies won't overcome them. Now, see, this is where the fear comes in. Well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe we're getting in a hurry. It would be good to have some physical strength. You see, and, and just like in America here, 
There's a lot of things uncertain about what's going on in our country. And people today are fearful. But when you begin to fear, fear is a tool of the devil and it weakens you. Fear never did anything except run and fear. That's all it does and hide. It, it fears. And sometimes if the fear is strong enough, they will do things that don't make sense. Many, many years ago, quite a number of years ago, and I've been saying it and writing about it in our ministry here. I don't open and will not open the door to tomorrow with fear but faith, believing that God will make a way for us no matter what we face. And this year that has been a test with what's been going on. Because you think of everything and because of my ministry, I'm looking at judgment. I'm looking at a number of prophetic things all happening at the same time. And... The enemy wants you to fear. You can't fear, folks. You have to have faith. And faith is tough. Faith says, I don't care what you feel. Faith says, in spite of your fear, in spite of your weakness, there's a God who will give you strength, trust in him, and just rest in him. But see, you, you've got to trust first. You've got to be resolute in faith and trust. But you see, this is what the Lord said. It would have been your strength, but you would not. You would have none of it. They didn't want that. They wouldn't listen because probably the political agendas survived they had more votes than the spiritualists or the the jews that wanted to trust yahweh god you know <laughs> so you know they lost out but somewhere along the line they did not go through with it Now Barnes thinks that the king had joined with the party in Jerusalem who proposed the alliance with Egypt. That's what he says concerning this. And and when you look at the wordage, and, and it says, in returning and rest you would be saved, in quietness and confidence would be your strength, but you would not, and you would not, would seem to suggest that there's something in there that prevented him, and that would be the politics, and very well the king Hezekiah. Now, he was a good king, but even good kings can be misled by their political opponents or the various people, even the religion. Well, look at the priest. Let's look at the Lord when he came. The high priest and the Sanhedrin, all of them that were in Jerusalem during the time of the Roman occupation and our Lord was walking the street doing everything, his enemy was in the temple. <laughs> they, they were supposed to know who the, who the Lord was and they were supposed to know who the Messiah was, but they didn't even recognize him. But there were those, and, and Matthew tells us about it, there were those that were in the temple that knew the Messiah, when he came in there as a young baby, when they took him in there to get some uh, 
things done. So somewhere along the line, though, Hezekiah did not go through with it. And Egypt wouldn't have been able to help him. So not only would they have been in trouble because they got this particular uh, arm of the flesh to help them. Now see, verse 16 describes it a little bit more. He said, but you said no, for we will flee upon horses, therefore shall you flee. We will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. In other words, there's no escape. Now this leads me to the other part of judgment when we get into the prophets. And that is fear, pit, and the snare. And those three words summarize how there's no escape. When the judgment first begin, and especially if it's an army, whatever tool God is using, you can see it on the horizon. You can begin to hear the rumors but can't see it. And then when they do arrive, you begin to see the judgment right in front of you. Your stomach sinks and you know there's no harm, no, no escape. That's the pit. And then all of a sudden within the pit, maybe you just happen to find a way to escape. And so you're running away and you fall into the snare and you're taken. See, that is fear, pit, and the snare. There's no escape. When God judges, folks, God help you. <laughs> and you know, the only thing that helps you with the Lord God is repentance, okay? Repentance and seeking his face and looking to him. I mean, pride doesn't last very long when God is doing the judgment. In case you haven't figured it out yet, man may be great and have a lot of technology, but as of yet, they've never called any, uh, let's see, worlds into existence by just saying so. They haven't been able to call in light. They haven't been able to call in oxygen. They haven't been able to do anything except operate within the realm that God has created. Now see, God called it all into existence. Of course, Yahshua was in the beginning and he created all things at the behest of the Father. And so you just put this into judgment, okay? You're going to take care of it. You're going to get on flea on, on, flee on horses. Well, today, what do we depend on? Well, Iran wants nuclear weapons. That's the big thing, keeping them from it. Now, at the same time, we have China who wants to supply them and keep them with nuclear weapons. China, under um, their leader there, has been building up the Chinese military for years and years. I remember going way back uh, when we dealt with the topics of China. China's generals, numer uh, numerous ones over the years, have have made the news saying that uh, you know they would blow up some American city, and uh, you know, and the same general would say, you know, we could lose we could lose millions upon millions, and we'd still have enough to win you. Well, when I was being raised, I was warned about the dragon. And the rule of the dragon. Make no mistake. They're not your friend. Now see they gave Biden a bunch of money. And his buddy. But see money isn't going to help you. 
So we have politicians that make bad decisions. We're no different than what happened in Israel. But see, you could say today, we're going to have rockets. We're going to have, you know, more soldiers. Nobody's going to have a bigger army than China. Nobody. When I was being raised, my dad used to tell me if China ever figured a way to get all their armies on a ship and have the technology to transport everything and the technology that we had over here, everybody would be in trouble. And that was a long time ago. China has never been a point to where they were not going to be as powerful. Now, no, for a long time, though, China's pretty much stayed to themselves. But once they got money, once they got the money to build the army, they begin to see that they can actually rule the world. And, and that's really, I read that not too long ago, too, concerning them and some of their quotes that are coming out of China. So, you know, when we're talking Israel, when we're talking judgment, we can say, oh, them Jews, they're hard-headed, and they don't want to listen. They're always running into judgment. And I can say, oh, those Americans, look at them. They can't get along. They're both divided. Their nation isn't going to stay. How can you keep it together? Glue isn't going to do it because you people are too busy fighting and hating one another. Who do you think's going to come in? Your enemy's going to come back in. We've got enemies in here already. We've got them up in our Congress already. What are you going to do? You're going to still hate one another? You're going to sit there and bitch and moan and cry and holler and you're going to try to tell me your nation is going to be such and such and you're going to change things and you're going to vote out Trump and going to make everything better you are so full of baloney it's coming out your ears you ain't going to do nothing unless the Lord allows you to do something I'm here to tell you as a watchman of the Lord and my fingers pointing and it's pressing into your chest and I'm telling you now you need to repent because this same God that is calling out Israel is very easy to call out any nation on this earth. But yet he's giving you mercy. And of course, this whole thing we're going through is the process of getting Israel to repent. God is negotiating here through a power of strength. He ain't going to lose. Yet, he's calling Israel back because he loves them. And for the promises given to Abraham and to the forefathers of Israel, he wants to, he wants to deliver them. Hosea 14 says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. You know, in other words, you're going to speak. Asher shall not save us. Another one. You know, it's so easy to depend on somebody else here. We will not ride hor upon horses, neither will he say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods, for in thee the fatherless find mercy. Now see, most of the fatherless and the poor and others who can't help themselves won't be saying this. But see, all those techies today and all those in the sciences, all those that are creating nanotechnology, see, they're, they have become the gods of our nations. And they become the god of your uh, 
internet. Guess who has been kicking you off of YouTube? Guess who's been challenging Trump and even stopping him? It's all the techies. It's your technology. And you have people building stronger weapons now. There was a guy that actually built in his workshop a laser like you would see on Jedi Star Wars. It looked the same and he actually created it and it could cut through steel. It was that hot. But see, your technology is not going to save you. The work of your hands. But see, that's what we do. And when the, when the enemy comes, and that's the dark one, he's going to convince everybody. Because he's going to be given power to deceive. Because in Second Thessalonians 2, Paul says, There is coming a time when society will reject the love of the truth. That is redemption. The love of the truth is our God who so loved the world. You can check out John 3.16. Everybody knows that. But you see, the problem of it is in all of this, God can read the hearts. He says, Asher's, and this is what they're saying, okay? Asher's not going to save us, okay? Oh, Lord, our weapons are not going to save us. Our technology is not going to save us. You know, our smart people in this United States are not going to save us. Our Declaration of Independence, as much as we may love it, is not going to save us. Because there's coming a time when the whole world will bow down to this one. There's only one way to find salvation. We're not going to ride upon our horses. We're not going to ride upon our technology. We're not going to depend upon the rockets. You blow up. We have enough firepower in nuclear weapons to destroy the earth. And guess what? The earth is going to be destroyed by fire. Peter warns about that. And we're to turn to the Lord and say to him, take away all iniquity. What are we supposed to do today? Repent and confess with our, with our mouth. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. This is the same thing, but this is the way they write it in the covenant at the time. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods, for in thee the fathers find mercy. They want mercy. I will heal their backslidings. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from them. Why? Because they repented. What did the Lord tell Israel? Matthew twenty three thirty seven. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sin unto thee. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Isaiah right now. He was sawn in half, according to some of the... Word. It's been a long time since I've read about what happened to everybody, but I think he was sawn in half. He was martyred. After a time, you get tired of listening to the prophets, so you just kill him. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how oft would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings? And you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You see, that's what he's telling them. When the Lord was talking to the Jews that surrounded him all the time, in John 5, he says in verse 39, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify unto me, 
or testify of me, and you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, that's the arm of the flesh, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you, yet they're all dressed up. You're talking about the leaders of the temple, but they don't have the love of God, and that's what matters. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another will come in his own name, him you will receive. Same way today. Same way to the modern uh, uh, United States, the modern nations of men, and even some of the Christian churches today that aren't so Christian. For another will come in his own name, and you will believe. One of the best descriptions, and you can read it in Hebrews 12, 22 through 29. And that's a great part in there. Hebrews talking about come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which is written in heaven of the God of, uh, to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Now, this is almost like poetry, the way this is written. But verse 25 says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Now see, we're reading these things. What's happening to Israel? God is saying, I wanted to do this for you, but you would have none of it. Finally, they're making, they will make up their mind. But you see, there is blessings when you put God first and look to him. Verse 17 of this section in Isaiah 30 says, One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall you flee, till you be left as a beacon on the top of a mountain, as an ensign on a hill. Now you see in Leviticus 26.7, when we talk about the law, it says, And you shall chase your enemies. They shall fall before you by the, ford, by the sword. And that's where it goes into saying, Five of you ch uh, shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you. Now what does that tell you? That tells you that Sennacherib is coming, and guess what? One can chase him away. Good grief. And that one did. That was the angel of the Lord that stood outside the gates of Jerusalem, and when the enemy was sleeping, he sent a plague among them and killed them all, except for the king and, a, I think, a couple of uh, uh, aides. <laughs> but see, Israel took the promised land. And even when we talk about the giants of the land, they even destroyed them because they served the Lord. Now, we're not a theocracy, but every Christian is a theocracy because God is in the temple your body is his temple. He gives you his spirit. He's given you his word. Now see, America, they can serve any God they want to. 
Christians can be Christians and have Christ on the throne around the world. We're not guarding a nation right now. We're guarding our spirit. We're guarding the spirits of others. We're speaking the word of God. We're looking because we know what God is going to redeem. He's not going to redeem the body that is overweight all the time and sickly and all the rest of this stuff. And he's not going to redeem the body that is all perfect and been pressing weights. He's going to redeem the spirits of just men made perfect through the blood of Christ. There is a body that's is a temple. This temple is the body of death. It's clay. It's got to die. It's part of the thing. This body is going to die. That's the first death. The second death is when the spirits of men go before the Lord in that final judgment and they're deemed guilty and they'll be cast into the lake of fire. I got news for you. The second death has no power upon those that have been born again through the Spirit of God by the Son of God who died on that cross. He's coming back. He's not coming back with a flag of truth. He's coming back as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. The devil's going to shake. Every wicked man's going to shake. Everybody that's looking in the sky will run and hide. All the ones that are so powerful, so pomp, so everything of themselves is going to find out what the truth is. Now, Christian, you know the truth. Joshua says, 23.8, But cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. Joshua needed, he was told many times to focus on the Lord. Do not give in to fear. Have faith. Be strong in the Lord. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, I've seen missionary pastors saying that. That's in the middle of, of people that are getting martyred and killed by, by armies. But one of these days, all these Muslim armies that are killing these innocent, there's a, God, a genocide going on around the world of Christians. And the Muslims that are doing it, there's also... Buddhists that do it, Hindus that do it, and others. Communists in China, North Korea. And in America, they've been talking about it. They've been talking about hunting down all the Trump supporters and all the Christians. They've been talking, and I've seen an article today where, where they want to get rid of all the Christian uh, organizations that are 501c3 and they want to get rid of all those that oppose abortion they want to get rid of us i've been looking at the posts but for four years trump has been standing against end time abortion what, and he's, he's been against late term abortion when a baby's born alive he has been for israel and already he's got the fourth treaty. Now this is the brothers Ishmael and Isaac that are reuniting. You have the Arabs and you have Israel reuniting. That's the brothers Ishmael and Isaac. Blood hatred from the beginning goes back to Abraham and they right now are reuniting in peace. And it wouldn't have happened if Trump... And his team hadn't been doing it. And yet, 
There's even more than that that this man has done, and he didn't do it because he was perfect, but God was using him. Because this nation has looked out, and they saw one time, it wasn't not too long ago, Trump said that Jesus is the head. I got news for you. You know why the media and everybody hate him? Because he names the name of Christ. Because he backs Israel. Because he stands and he'll tell you when things are wrong. He stands up for Christians and against persecution of Christians. He has set forth people that will monitor the persecution of Christians. So, oh, Christian, while you're hating Trump, wake up. And all the rest of you who can't see because you're blinded by your own sin, it's time to wake up or you're going to find yourself in an area that you're not going to like. Because as it says in Romans, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? For it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, or depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we look at Isaiah, when we look at Israel, Isaiah 30 and verse 8, 18 says this. After all that, the breach and the dike and everything, it says, and therefore will the Lord wait. Why? That he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is the God of judgment, and blessed are all they that wait for him. And what does Peter say? Why does God wait so long before he comes so he can provide mercy? He has a lot of forgiveness and a lot of patience to wait for that harvest and for people to be redeemed. Mercy amidst judgment. And we'll, we will begin at this verse 18. Because you have been taking a walk through judgment. And you have found mercy. Father, thank you for your word. Bless this word to our hearts. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Okay, Tower. And we are done. We've got quite a few more, though. We really do. Okay, I'm here. I had technical difficulties. We are done. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I didn't know if you heard me. I had technical difficulties. Did you have technical? Yes. I didn't know you were a techie. what I know. So anyway, I really like this tonight. It was great. And you know, if we could only 
as children of the Lord grasp a hold of how great and mighty he is and he's our deliverer we don't have to fear man or what they can do they have no hold on us God is our source that's right he is and that makes it uh, that really makes it good And uh, we actually are at the point where we, uh, we're a little behind our time here. We're running over. Uh -oh. Oh, we got to get out of here? We do. Okay, well, good night, everybody. We love you. We pray for you. We hope the best for you. Look to the Lord. He will make a way, whatever your difficulties are. He will make a way somehow because he loves you with an everlasting love. Amen. So take care. Pray for your brethren. Pray for us. Good night, everybody. Shalom, everybody. Stop by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Be blessed, folks. The Lord loves you. He died for you. I know it's tough, but do not fear. Have faith. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.